Community is important to everyone, no matter where you live across the great state of Minnesota. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is an engaged and socially responsible cooperative that values the people, businesses, and relationships that exist in their communities. Affinity Plus works hard to give back in a variety of ways, both through financial advice and products, and also through volunteering, sponsorships, and charitable giving. Members know and trust that as a credit union, a local not-for-profit financial cooperative, Affinity Plus has their best interests at heart. Visit Affinity Plus at the Brainerd Lakes branch in Baxter and see for yourself how Affinity Plus is different. Affinity Plus is federally insured by NCUA. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, and today we are going to talk to Kate LePage. Kate is the Central Minnesota Safe Harbor Regional Navigator, and that comes under the umbrella of Lutheran Social Service. And Kate, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you for having me, Ken. Yeah, so we actually had you on the schedule to talk about a couple of events, and maybe we should just mention that uh, at this point those are now canceled. Yeah, yeah. Take back the night, and they're looking at maybe trying to host that this fall, coming fall. Who knows kind of what's going to happen with planning committees and uh, what things are looking like in the fall. So stay tuned for information on that. And then the Red Sand Project, we were going to be doing a project where community can come together and lay out red sand as an awareness opportunity that we're not going to stand for exploitation or trafficking of people in our community. Um, and so that we're really excited to partner with Central Lakes College as well. Hopefully next spring we'll be able to kick that off. Um, and <laughs> if we're in a better position, hopefully in a year, I can't imagine we're still going to be sitting where we are today yeah. uh, next spring. But Yeah, very. All right. Well, let's hope we can, like you say, push those back, and we'll we'll still be able to do them. For our listeners, and we've had you on the show before to talk about human trafficking, but if you will, Kate, explain your job and, and what you do here in central Minnesota. Yeah, so I cover eight counties, um, Aiken, Todd, Crow Wing, Morrison, Stearns, Sherburne, Benton, and Wright County, uh, which encompasses central Minnesota, um, as developed by the Minnesota Department of Health Safe Harbor. Um, and what I do is I really provide just a point of expertise or a point of contact for the counties that I serve. So whether that be for systems workers, probation, the county attorney's office, um, social workers, school personnel, or community members, um, as well as directly for youth, if youth want to call in or young adults want to call in themselves. Um, and so with that point of expertise, I offer consults, um, I help make referrals, so referrals to housing programs, but maybe it's even just food shelves that are open and accessible or um, trying to get into their own housing program on their own. So looking at scattered tight housing or things like of that nature um, and transportation, all of those types of things. Um, and then I offer education. So trying to build capacity so that more people can start to identify and respond appropriately to trafficking and exploitation that's happening in their communities. Ages that I can serve are up through the age of 24. So when I say youth, you know, that's very broad, yeah. um, young, middle, up all the way through into adulthood. So um, I'm blessed to be able to serve that large of an age group. 
Yeah. And and we've talked about this before when you talk about human trafficking and uh, many people think, well, that's down in the cities, but that's not true, is it? No, it's not. And actually, the Minnesota Student Survey put out a question finally. So this is a survey that's offered to schools that opt in. Um, many schools opt into administering this survey, and it's offered one day a year for ninth and 11th graders. And for the first time ever in 2019, we had a question about exploitation. And we actually had higher percentages of youth that self-identified as experiencing sexual exploitation in our northern communities than in our metro communities. And Kate, if you will, kind of explain that for our listeners, too. Uh, uh, Something like uh, sexual exploitation, uh, it could be one of a number of things, right? Yeah, so it kind of is a large umbrella, and a lot of things fall under it, under exploitation. So you have abuse and harassment that fall under that. And then you get into this inner umbrella of commercial sexual exploitation, and you have things like survival sex, um, which is where somebody may exchange sex for a ride, a place to live, food, could be drugs, alcohol, it could be money. So that's where you have kind of this two-party involvement going on for things that are basic needs. You also have things like pornography and stripping and um, your typical quote-unquote prostitution that falls under that two-party involvement. And then you have trafficking that falls under that umbrella of commercial exploitation. Um, And that's really the only difference between that and your survival sex is how many parties you have involved. So when you have a trafficking situation, you have a third party involved where you now have a buyer who's exchanging something of value um, to your trafficker, um, but taking that sexual interact or encounter from the victim. So exploitation or commercial sexual exploitation is really the exchange of something of value or the promise of something of value for a sexual favor. Right. Now, Kate, we've, uh, we've heard from you before and from others that so many of these uh, young people that somehow fall into this, uh, many would like to get out, but it's next to impossible because of the situation that they're in. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, I've been working in Safe Harbor for about, well, close to three years now, um, and I've never come into contact with a youth or a young adult that's been kidnapped. Right. So, you know, we, we it's kind of similar to sexual violence in general, where we have that stranger danger mentality. However, such a small percentage of sexual violence interactions are between strangers. And that's very similar to with the trafficking and exploitation. What we see instead is the grooming and the taking advantage and exploiting of vulnerabilities that a person might have. So when we start to look at the situation as vulnerabilities being exploited, we can understand uh, more appropriately, why people have a difficult time leaving. Yeah. So, one, there's a relationship built. So there's a grooming process that's happened. Either there, it's a romantic relationship, it's a parental relationship. Here, either way, that relationship is really strong and really important. And, and youth or victims, they develop what's called a trauma bond with that person. And it makes mm-hmm. it really difficult to leave that relationship. That's what it is. It's a relationship. But then on top of that, that trafficker or that exploiter that's built that relationship is also filling in vulnerabilities that they have. 
leaves this person is a runaway youth and doesn't have somewhere to stay. So this trafficker or exploiter has given them a warm place to sleep that feels safer than being on the streets. Or maybe home life is really terrible and it's better to be in this situation than to be experiencing abuse or neglect at home. Um, maybe they're using substances, and now this trucker exploiter is their dealer and is providing them with that substance. So there's a lot of reasons that people have a difficult time leaving, and a lot of it comes to that trauma bond relationship, and then all these vulnerabilities that if they leave that relationship, go back to being needs that aren't being met. And of course, uh, you are working hard to try and help these young people leave that relationship and get started in a more normal life of some kind. Yeah, we refer to, like I said, a lot of different types of programs. Sometimes maybe a youth is getting food from their traffickers, so maybe we can help provide the food for them so that's one less thing that they have control over. Um, And we slowly start to build that rapport and that relationship and find positive, uh, healthy means that are able to meet their basic needs rather than that trafficker. And maybe that's housing. Maybe it's not housing right away either, though. So we work really hard to figure out ways that we can start to fill those gaps for them. Yeah. And, Kate, there might be some people thinking, well, wait a minute, we have this pandemic. I'm sure things have slowed down for everybody. This can't be happening now. But uh, you're saying that, actually, it still goes on, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, that was when we started canceling these events. I was hoping to still get on to talk with you today because when we have increased Internet usage, which... School is all online now. Parents are trying to work from home. You know, I'm actually sitting in my car in a parking lot to talk to you today because I have a five-year-old and a dog running around the house, and it's very loud. And we tend to put our kids in front of screens to get things done. And you know what? That's okay. We have to do that sometimes. We still need to work and put food on the table ourselves. Um, But because of all these things, we have online usage increasing. Um, A lot of the grooming and a lot of the relationships are starting online because a trafficker or exploiter can be anybody they want to be online. Um, And they can really try and build that rapport without fear of them worrying if they're too old or they're not close by or maybe they get a bad feeling from them in person. They're going to build that rapport before they ever even meet in person. So there's more opportunity for them to do that. We also have increased isolation or forced isolation from the stay-at-home order. So kids that want to get out of the house or um, are feeling trapped are more likely to be persuaded to leave that house or to come meet somebody outside of the house because we're forcing isolation. Now, that's a forced isolation that we need to do to curb the pandemic, but it also is creating additional risk for our youth. Mm. So can our listeners help? Can uh, the ordinary person uh, help in any way? Just kind of keep your eyes open for situations that you seem or, uh, or you think are just not right? Is that a way to help? And then notify someone? Yeah, you can definitely look for things that don't seem right. Um, just like before the pandemic, if you're out at the grocery store and you see things that don't look right, 
give law enforcement a call, you can always call our hotline as well, which I'll share in a moment. Um, if you're at home, you know, you're going to have a screen time for your kids, and that's okay. You know, you can have your kids do their homework in the other room so you can get your work done also. But talk to your kids about who are you talking with online. You know, open some of that dialogue and figure out who are you talking with, who's new. Are you talking with just your friends? Are you, what social media platforms are you using? Um, figure out how to set up parental controls so that your kid that's maybe, you know, watching YouTube channels to stay quiet for an hour so you can do a conference meeting doesn't end up on a whole different website. Uh, just kind of figure out some of these safety precautions that we can put in place to make this time even a little bit safer if possible than it is now. Um, and always feel free to call our office or message us on Facebook to help figure out how to set those controls up because we're happy to do that as well. Yeah. And if, uh, who knows, for whatever circumstance you run into one of these young people that uh, just need help, uh, by all means, we can tell them that you're there, right? Yes. Yeah, we're still taking calls. So we're still manning our hotline even amidst the pandemic. Our offices are closed and we're working from home, but um, I still will meet with the youth um, if need be in emergency situations. I just met with somebody yesterday. So I'm still doing that and taking precautions and following the CDC guidelines as well as MDH. But we're still here and we're still making a new normal work in our office as well to continue to serve the population. And Kate, what is that hotline number? Yeah, that would be 866-824-3770. Very good. 866-824-3770. Yes. And did you say you have a Facebook presence as well? Yeah, we have Saving Grace, which is our housing program Facebook page. I go on there and share resources as well as try and connect with our community members. But that's a really good place to reach out to us as well, especially if you don't think it's necessarily an emergency, but you want help maybe setting up safety precautions. Okay. And again, on Facebook, if we just type in Saving Grace, we should be able to find it. Yep, Saving Grace, and then if you want to add in Lutheran Social Service to make sure you have the right thing, um, but it's a red logo is our picture on there. Very good. Anything else that we should know at this point about this issue? You know, I would just say keep talking to each other. Um, that's, you know, we are people that need a community, and most people aren't completely isolated where they're happy, just with one on their own, you know, so... Any way that you can to keep conversations flowing in your household and checking in with one another. I know a lot of people are experiencing some significant mental health uh, concerns because of the isolation and because of the pandemic and all of the stress. So just check in with each other and check in with us if you need to. We're, we're happy to connect you, even if you haven't experienced exploitation and trafficking. Um, if your mental health is a big concern, we would love to still get you connected with some places that are doing mobile um, therapy sessions. Right. And you can always contact the uh, crisis line and referral service, too. Yes, of course. Yeah. 
Kate, thank you very much for taking time out to uh, visit with us today about the services that you offer, and we'll all be diligent, and very soon we all hope that we'll be getting back to some kind of a normal life. You take care. You too, Ken. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. Kate. Kate LePage is the Central Minnesota Safe Harbor Regional Navigator under the umbrella of Lutheran Social Service. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be accessed anytime on our website, 1067wjjy.com. That's brought to you by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. You can also pull it up through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.